Hello, 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 all. Uh, it is it is I, the host of this podcast that you're listening to, which is entitled The Specter of Anti-Blackness. Um, welcome back. It's been a little bit of a while. Um, I took a, a break after um, I concluded the Underground Railroad series. Um, and life has been busy. I, um, been, I've been up to a lot. So I haven't really had time to get back into it. I've been wanting to for a little while now. And I decided, hey, I'll I'll shave some time out of my day and uh and dedicate it to this. So here we are. We're back with another episode. We are watching a film I th- I thought was good. But before we get into it, um which you already know what it is by the the title of this presumably. Um but I wanted to address uh, some things, uh, namely, okay, two things, two things, namely, that I can think of right now. Maybe more later, but um, these are technically about previously recorded episodes. The first thing, uh, I'll go by episode chronolo- cr- chronology. I was going to say chronological order. But the um, first one being the uh, No Black Video Game Characters episode. I'm finding it a lot more... Um, common in, uh, in video games. I'm, I'm noticing a lot more. Um, to update us on Overwatch, so- Sojourn, Sojourn, her name, I believe, um, the new black female, first black female character that they're adding, um, she is Canadian. Big surprise there. And she's actually been confirmed to be Canadian for a while. Um, like, since they announced her, I'm pretty sure. Um, I was just out of the loop. I don't really... I don't do a lot of research before I do these. Maybe I should. We're going to be talking about thing. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't really going to circle back to that. I was just going to let that episode just kind of lay where it lies. But I read an article today. And if you know me, uh, you know that I'm not a big fan of articles. I mean, I, I enjoy, like, reading and I enjoy learning things, um, but I feel like articles are just the worst way to do it um, for a myriad of different reasons. One of them being the clickbaitiness of articles. It's like, oh, this long, lengthy title when I could really just say, you know, the answer of the thing in the title. I can't really think of an example of that right now, um, but it comes up a lot. It'll be like, um, oh, this guy said this one thing. At this place and it's gonna surprise like just say guy said this and if I want to learn more about it I'll click on your article like you don't have to try and reel me in with like this it makes me not want to click on it for one I mean maybe that's just me maybe other people maybe that grabs them up but for me it grinds my gears the other thing is um, what I call fake articles which is where um, you know you have these journalists or whatever who write articles for BuzzFeed or whatever the um, entity is and of course they're just trying to get paid and they got to make content because that's the world we live in i understand that um but she'll have like it'll be like oh this you know this this thing happened um someone said a thing on twitter right um and then i click on it wanting to learn more about it thinking that the um the author is actually going to um like divulge on some like important information but no they're just literally taking screen caps from twitter or reddit or whatever and just copy pasting what was said 
and and on the on the website. It's like I could have went there and looked at that myself. You're not giving me any extra information. It's just it's that burns me up a little bit. So uh, yeah, this doesn't actually fall under either of those. But just just to preface this by saying I already hate, hate articles, and this um, this wasn't a step in the right direction for me specifically. Um, it was about uh, the Overwatch character Lucio, this uh, black person. Uh, I don't remember if it was a woman or a man who was writing the article. I think it was a woman, but I, I again, I don't really remember. Um, who said they um, got their, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, theory. They got their theory about uh, Lucio's hair in Overwatch confirmed by the devs. That's a, you know, that that's a catchy title. I'm like, fine, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll click on that. And, you know, she starts by, you know, talking a little bit about the diversity in Overwatch and how she's always, she or he or whoever they are, um, always loved uh, Lucio as a character. Um, you know, how he uh, basically just talks about Lucio a little bit or whatever. And, but they kind of, this is a thing that I didn't address in my Overwatch episode, but the the author kind of uh, writes it kind of like how Lucio was his character the whole time, which I know that doesn't really make much sense if you don't know Overwatch. But if you're playing Overwatch from the beginning, Lucio was kind of just racially ambiguous. He was kind of just black. He wasn't from like a specific place. I don't, I don't think I talked much about that in the original episode. Uh, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But um, it wasn't till after a while he became like Brazilian. He even has like this um, his first anniversary outfit. It's 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 called Jazzy, and it's it's like New Orleans. Like the first year of Overwatch, at least he was not like confirmed um, Brazilian. At least I don't think I might be wrong about that. Again, I'm I'm not doing much research for this, so I'm sorry if I'm spreading misinformation. But I do not remember that at least being a very big part of his character until later on uh, but anyway um, you know that, that's that's one issue that I had with it and she talks about how um, Lucio's hair it, it looks it looks terrible in the game you know it starts he's kind of like got this you know it looks like uh, either big locks or just um, cornrows that kind of go up into the center of his head and then it goes out into like these really big like pool noodles which are supposed to be dreadlocks, and the and the author says, um, it always uh, bugged them because it looks so unnatural, or whatever. And goes to talk a little bit about you know black hairstyles in video games, which is something that I may talk about myself. That's an important topic, but you know, different time, different time. Um, so the artist, the author, had a um, chance to speak to the Overwatch devs and brought it up to them and said that their theory was that um, the theory was that's not his actual hair that um it's kind of just like a thing that he puts on his head kind of like you know dead mouse or whatever and the uh the, and the devs were like yep that's that's true your head cannon is true like yes that is actually a thing good theory good job you were right and you know the author goes on to explain you know the happiness and all that and i'm sorry but stop spreading disinformation this misinformation about the Overwatch devs secretly, uh, you know, fucking being on our side all along. Like, oh yeah, we we did that on purpose. Made his hair look shit on purpose. No, that's that was his hair the whole time. 
that they're confirming your headcanon for this is big company confirming your headcanon to look cool. Okay, they that was not their plan all along. I'm sorry. This is this is J.R. Tolkien, not J.R. Tolkien. I'm sorry. Uh, what's what's her fucking name? Uh, Harry Potter books. I know hers also starts with like a J. J.K. Rowling. I'm sorry. I said J.R. Tolkien did Lord of the Rings. Um, but yeah, this is uh, you know her going back and you know talking about characters are gay and stuff like that's that that wasn't the original intent and it feels wrong to me like i feel betrayed black person to black person that you're like full-on like co-signing this um whoever you are out there random random journalist um yeah i i the article did not sit well, well with me so i went to the kind of talk about that a little bit here sorry if that turned into a rant i wasn't really supposed to um but uh yeah that was a bit um not upsetting but i was i was i guess i was frustrated about it and i was like come on like no that's you know i know that's not what that is and don't try to pass that off as what that is don't give them a pass they they don't need that right now like and it goes back to the i get it you're a journalist and you're just trying to you know make the content you need to make to make ends meet so like sure you know go off sis or bro or whoever you are but um it was frustrating to say the least now the other thing i wanted to talk about i did say there were two things right well oh right um i made an episode about atlanta episode one of season three which i really enjoyed um they also made another kind of like uh anthology type episode uh disconnected from the main story um season three episode four uh about reparations which i thought was hilarious and great um but it wasn't as like jam-packed with um like subtlety and nuance as the other one was i mean it definitely had some stuff in there maybe i will make a podcast episode about that if it's requested enough but for now, I just wanted to say I'm I'm in I'm I'm loving season three so far. And he said season four is gonna be even better. I'm, you know, I I'm I, I all right. I mean, fucking if you say so, man. I'm I'm ready. Uh, but yeah, season three is great so far. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into watching what we you know doing what we came here to do. Today we are going to be watching. I'm going to be watching. Europe. I don't think you are. I mean, you might, you can, you can watch along, you can't watch along, but so the harder they fall is what we're going to be, is what I'm going to be checking out today. Um, it's a movie I saw before once. I initially rated it like a 9 or an 8 out of 10. Um, so I'm going to do the thing that I do where I talk about my thoughts that I had, just kind of remembering seeing it, and then I'm going to watch it again, and I'll come back and further elaborate on it. Uh, I'm also going to be doing the thing that I've been doing where I like kind of keep little notes here and there, I think. But I already have, uh, I, I already have like thoughts about this movie written down elsewhere. Um, so yeah, maybe I won't do that. I don't know. We'll see. I'll play it by ear. But uh, uh, what I what I have about it so far, I like that we're finally. Um, we're finally acknowledging black cowboys. Um, it is my understanding that um, the majority of cowboys were black. 
and the ones that weren't were mainly um you know native peoples to the americas whether that be like the and and you know coming from mexico or you know the ones running from the east coast or or whatever um but yeah that was mainly cowboys as my my understanding and it's been whitewashed for a while i actually had this idea to make a black cowboy video game but that's neither here nor there um when the movie dropped i was very excited because i was like whoa black cowboys um and i really enjoyed it the first time i i had a great time with it there were glaring uh issues that i didn't really that were hard to miss uh and i don't think i'll talk about them too much yet until after i watch it because i don't think i'm gonna forget about them um my first gripe with it was um it felt a little too predictable for me but i think I can't really fault it for that, it being a Western. And, you know, stories are kind of just predictable in general a lot of the time. It's hard to really find one that'll, like, really knock your socks off. I think Knives Out was a good one that did that recently for me. Um, But, yeah, I can't really fault it for being, like, predictable. I mean, it's got to be rooted in history in this kind of way anyway. But there were certain parts of it, like, you know, this character gets introduced in the beginning, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I already know how he's going to die, like, three minutes in. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's all I'll say about it beforehand. Um, let's just go ahead and uh, watch it. I'll be back. And for me, like um, two hours, how long is this thing? And for you, however many seconds this intro or not intro, uh, intermission music takes usually like five to 10 seconds. So I'll, I'll see you soon. Alright, uh, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back uh, to, well, you, you're still on the same podcast, but if you paused at that point to watch the the movie, um, then you've also just seen the movie, so welcome back in that case, but otherwise, let's just continue. So what I want to try to do here, um, it's a little different than how I did the Underground Railroad, I want to try and talk, I want to first get the things out of the way that I didn't like and then talk about the things I did like and kind of come to like a final conclusion at the end instead of like going beat by beat of like what I remember and going in order in that way um so yeah let's see how that goes all right um so things I didn't like there aren't many uh but they are noticeable and have to be addressed um there is this weird um, issue of colorism, specifically with the uh, female leads. The cast is like super black, all black, blacky black, um, and dark black in most cases, like real, very true dark skinned folks, except for the two leading ladies. They're both noticeably lighter than the rest of the main cast, which I. I mean, it, it was it was noticeable to me as a bit jarring, um, and I don't know. I'm just it's like, ugh. Even you know, even in such a good film as this, I, again, I really enjoyed the film. Um, we just can't seem to escape from this colorism issue that seems to happen a lot, mainly with the uh, with the women. Uh, there is a third woman in the uh, in the main cast. Uh, 
and she is uh cuffy is her name in, in the movie and she's uh specifically portrayed as like this um tomboyish like you know I extremely tomboyish maybe even like gay near the end i, I don't know like she there's a kiss on the cheek anyway not important um and there's nothing wrong with tomboy boyishness or anything like that at all it's just like it seems to be uh perpetuating this idea that like you know darker skinned women aren't as womanly and can't be you know beautiful in this other way and you know i it definitely it, i know it's probably not trying to say that but it's giving that message um which i didn't enjoy uh personally um speaking of the uh, leading ladies um that kind of goes into uh stagecoach mary portrayed by um miss beats zazie beats um she's great i love her especially in atlanta um but uh yeah i, I mean that's kind of like the epitome of this issue and then i kind of have other issues with her as well um but and, and so they say in the beginning that all of the characters portrayed so the story is fictional but all the characters portrayed were, were real life people which i think is awesome and i remember this coming about back when this movie first came out late or early fall last year or whatever um people like actually looking up stagecoach mary and finding out she's like this absolute unit like she's like fucking six foot something she's like this huge like woman um you know dark skin uh i i can't really picture her right now but she, like you know she's like powerful in this kind of way uh physically um and that is completely uh you know that's completely lost in this uh film so that's kind of the epitome of the uh colorism kind of and you know they're, they're real people so let's try to at least get like as close to the representation as we can i suppose i mean i know we got it you know we're using it's a star-studded cast and all that we got idris in there we got um we got a guy from uh lovecraft and also loki um oh and fucking um homer is in here from underground railroad that was interesting um but yeah anyway um she is uh yeah that's stagecoach mary um and a lot of my issues stem or around and from this portrayal of stagecoach mary um kind of like unwittingly in a way i also don't like how her romance with nat love is portrayed it's like this really annoying like oh love hate like uh it's it's a uh, toxic and they you know she hits him but then she's gonna she's gonna have sex with him and it's kind of irritating um Conversely, I won't talk about this later. I do want to bring it up now, though. Um, the the other guy, I, there's so many names. Um, Buck, uh, what's his first name? Uh, the bad guy, though. The, the Idris and Trudy, I know that's her name. Um, their relationship is portrayed very great. I like theirs. It was fun. Nice little portrayal of black love there. It's not really... Um, you know, they, they don't really go too far into it, though. It's, you know, uh, which is another gripe, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, kind of continuing on from the um, 
the stagecoach Mary problems. She's relegated to the role of damsel in distress. Um, and and that kind of like, I don't really, I don't have necessarily an issue with the trope of the damsel in distress, but it highlights another issue that I have with the film where it's like a bunch of stuff happens that just feels like filler and fluff and unnecessary. Like she has this really stupid plan and going to the town the night before for no reason really then instantly gets caught because of course she does because she's recognizable and all this stuff and um yeah it's it's just um it's like why why even why do that like what's what i mean i get you gotta move the plot forward but can it make sense just a little bit you know like it feels like some events just happen to move the plot forward instead of like happening like character driven in a sort of way um, so yeah, that's a thing that I uh, did not enjoy. I believe that's the end. No, there is one more stagecoach Mary problem that I forgot. I'll get into a little bit specifics here because it's, it's kind of, um, they have like these silly, like this is kind of like the fluff and filler that I'm talking about. Where I feel like this movie could have been trimmed down. It feels a bit long. It's only, it's less than two and a half hours. It's like two and 15 maybe. Um. But uh, it feels long, and I feel like they could have cut some of this unnecessary stuff out. There's this point where before, you know, the night before the everything goes down, she's all like, um, when this is over, I'm leaving, like, we're done, I never want to see you again. And then at the end, uh, nothing's changed, there's no resolution that was reached there at all, but she just rides off into the sunset with him. And it's like, why, why put that in there if it's not even going to matter in the end why even have her say that if you're not going to resolve it like what 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 was that about you know um but that that's the end of my stage coach mary problems i think uh good actress um she was having she did a good job uh yeah uh what else there was this um kind of weird scene with like this blue dancer that was i don't know why that was in there it was kind of weird and didn't feel uh, so I had a place within the West setting. Um, I don't know, it was just kind of... And the the black folk that I know in my life wouldn't be, like, just, you know, eating and drinking and just, like, ignoring this weird blue lady dancing all over the tables and shit. They'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But, you know, black people aren't a monolith. No one's a monolith. And I'm sure, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's... Someone would be into that, but not many people that I know. Uh, the last uh, issue that I had isn't really an issue. This one's kind of like on the line between like, um, it was just really like gory and bloody and graphic. Um, on the one hand, you know, I'm not really into that. But on the other hand, it is like just being realistic and it's a Western and that's kind of just like, you know, that's, it's, it's a Western. It's, you know, it's, it's fucking violence. And we'll get into that kind of in my s summation of the uh, thing as a whole. Uh, but now let's talk about the, the stuff I liked about it, the good stuff. Um, first of all, like when you first get into the movie, this th it's aesthetically, it is amazing. This movie is such a goddamn vibe. Um, it takes the Western thing that does it amazingly. Like that is, that the open credits scene is very, very cool. Um, there's a lot of good scenery and like cinematography. Um, I don't want to go too fast from whenever it run over everything so i'll kind of just take it step by step um the movie it's it's such a vibe though. like seriously it's uh it's very very cool 
the music is great throughout um, scenes that I enjoy that kind of have like this aesthetic vibe cool thing going on um, when Nat's first riding into the town that was pretty cool um, kind of like when they're all on horses that happens a few times uh, there's a, this one point in the train scene uh, Cherokee Bill pulls out his gun and everyone pulls out their guns behind him and it's kind of like reminiscent of like the multiple arms thing an Indian thing you guys know what I'm talking about um, yeah that was uh, that was fun uh, I like the um, like the the set pieces uh, I think that kind of falls under cinematography but like when they would go to like a different town and the text would pop up but sometimes the people would be in front of the text and the but it's like kind of in between the people in the background just very very cool stuff all around it's a very well shot very well put together movie and I enjoyed that it's very very eyeball good um, yeah I liked I noticed in the beginning first it, it's a pretty funny movie there's there's lots of good jokes um, but like it just it felt like they feel like real people and not just any real people they feel like real black people you know it feels like you know when, when we think about the past we think oh these fucking like Shakespearean English talking men like oh doff that but you know nah they were just like regular they're they're just human like us and it really felt that way like even of course they've got like the slang and the lingo of the time period and setting being the the west uh the old west wild west um but they're still just like regular regular black folk which i very much enjoyed another thing that i was really into was the uh the train scene everything about the train scene like oh my god if this was just the train scene easily <sighs> very good like just excellent all the way through I loved it and it kind of you know when I first watched this and I talked about it with you know loved ones of mine and such there's not really good guys and bad guys like yeah I mean clearly we're supposed to be rooting for Nat Love and his gang and they're the protagonists but um the, uh, the bad guys aren't really bad guys. I mean, everyone on both sides has kind of done some villainous, heinous shit, you know? Um, uh, Rufus Buck is his name. Rufus in particular was, um, you know, he's got this town which he helped build, I guess. But then he's got a, he's, he's trying to keep it. I, so they don't go into it much, which is kind of annoying. Because I feel like they could have cut all this, some of this other fluff out and kind of fleshed out. Rufus and his relationship with um, Trudy. How did I forget her name already? I'm pretty sure it's Trudy. And like his ideals for the town and stuff like that. Like that stuff could have been, could have been fleshed out more. Because um, there's this point he has to raise money because he doesn't want the white folks to come into the town, presumably. So he has to kind of like buy it up or whatever. I don't know. They don't get into it much, but I feel like they could have and kind of made this more morally gray um, stance. Like it feels like they were trying to do that, but it kind of fell flat in a way. And even if they weren't trying to, there's so much charisma on both sides. Like you can't really, you know, it's, you, you like everyone more or less. Um, I also liked the white town. 
this the second time this is the second time I've watched this movie and I laugh every time the white town comes up it's just it's very funny um, and also a very good scene um, and there was a very good twist ending the ending was I wasn't expecting it um, even though the rest of it's quite predictable as a western like you know um, the, uh, the the cocky fast gunslinger loses to the um, to the fast smart experienced gunslinger you know shit like that um, but yeah the, the, the ending I, I didn't expect and then it also kind of rewards rewatches in a way because I saw stuff the second time through or noticed things I didn't notice the first time um, mainly in the beginning uh, and then when um, Rufus Buck first captures Matt Love um, but yeah it was uh, it was uh, it was good so now I'll take some time here to talk about um, uh, kind of just like wrap, wrap, wrap things up now all in all this is a story about black folk just set in the west set back in the day um, there's, you know, we have all these like familiar issues and these generational curses. It just feels like the black plight, um, or specific parts of it, you know, they're trying to kind of build their own town and escape from the white folks. And, you know, they talk a little bit about how being a rock and being in a rock and a hard place, being, that's just life as a black person in America. And, um, Yeah, so it, I don't know, it, it kind of filters back into the idea how it's kind of just regular black folk, um, and they're kind of, they're just trying to live their lives, and they're just trying to survive in the situation that they find themselves in, which is why I think another reason why the violence is kind of, I'm a bit touchy on it in this movie specifically, because it's, it's just black people and more black people, you know, it's black on black violence, who's down, who's really down with that, you know, um, yeah, and there, there's this whole, it's it's not entirely a cyclical storytelling, you know, it, it doesn't really start where it began or anything, but you can tell that, um, I don't even know where I was going with that sentence, sorry, I'm getting a bit tired, uh, I'm, I'm usually headed to bed by now, but, um, uh, I feel like I have another point here, let me, let me look at my notes real quick, um, Yeah, yeah, there's this idea of, like, violence begetting violence, and, um, the end of it, so it raised some questions, you know, it didn't really answer everything neatly for me, and it also didn't really feel like it wanted to, like, maybe it was supposed to raise questions, um, it also ends on a cliffhanger as well, um, I personally wouldn't see this getting a sequel, I mean, I'm sure they could do it, um, but they killed so many of the good people, I mean, who would, I don't know. Uh, it didn't seem like any of the sequel. I think it was just like being a Western and that's kind of just like a, you know, shot of the villain at the end or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely watch it. This is a watch, by the way. Maybe I should give these number scores. Um, I'll get, I'll get, get back to that in a minute. But, um, he, uh, like, he, why, I don't know. I don't know why you know why do you have to kill him well, I don't it's it's a lot I'm gonna leave it at that um 
good story. I um let's give it a number score. Let's start doing number scores. Are people I think people are into that. Um so first I'll explain my number scores in in depth for anyone who would like to know how my number scores go. I will start from um top to bottom giving examples of each. Uh so it's a 10 point rating scale. A 10 out of 10 obviously being um at the top, 1 out of 10 being all the way at the bottom. 10 out of 10 is something that is absolutely perfect. And this scale can be used not only only for TV, but like, you know, movies and TV shows. It can be used for music. It can be used for food. Like anything that you consume as a human being, you can use this list for. So I would give a 10 out of 10 to something that I consider to be absolutely perfect. Ultimate perfection. Could not be improved in any way. Either that or a personal favorite could also get a 10 out of 10. Um, some things that I would consider a 10 out of 10. Um, Childish Gambino's album Awaken My Love. Uh, pretty much anything my mom cooks. Um, Naughty Dog games like The Last of Us. Um, first two Star Wars movies, A New Hope and uh, Empire. Uh, you know, shit like that. 10 out of 10 for sure. Um, then we have the 9 out of 10 which is the uh, that's the pretty damn good it's almost perfect but it does have flaws that can't be ignored and it's something that like you can consume regularly whether that be you know eating or watching or listening or whatever uh, Black Summer's Night by Maxwell it's a great album that I um, that I really love uh, not perfect there's a couple, there's like one or two songs that, depending on my mood, I'll skip over. But, you know, all in all, it's a great album to listen to in a variety of uh, situations. Usually at night, walking. Um, Comedy Bang Bang is a show that I love, and I'm so sad that they took it off Netflix. But I consider that a 9 out of 10. Even though I know all the jokes, it's still funny. I don't, I don't know why. Some, now we have a 8 out of 10. That's just very good. On here would be things that are excellent. You know, they reside on a playlist or watch list or whatever kind of list. But you don't really consume too often, you know? Like uh, like sushi. You like sushi. Sushi is good. You're not going to eat sushi every day, though. You know, it's, it's better to have it once in a while. Mr. Robot, a show that I like. Um, I've seen it maybe twice now. And I feel like... I don't want to watch it too much because it's, you know, it, but maybe if, like, I wait a few more years, I'd probably watch it again, that kind of thing. Room 25 by No Name. Love her. Great album. I don't listen to it all the time, though. Like, it's, you know, i got to be in the right mood. Uh, we have The Seven, which is middle good. These are things that are nice. You know, they're, they're enjoyable, but not without faults. They're nice to come back to every now and then. It's it's just it's basically the medium of the line good. Um, things that I would consider here: um, "Let's Get Free" by Dead Prez, um, Rick and Morty. That you know that's that's fine. Uh, then we have the six out of ten, which I call the bad good. This is a thing that is fairly mostly good. It usually doesn't hold up to scrutiny, you know. It's it's very flawed, 
but it, it still works. Um, things like Chick-fil-A and uh, The Force Awakens, the Star Wars movie episode, is that nine? No, seven. Seven. No, eight. Seven. Seven. Yeah, it's seven, sorry. Um, yeah. Personally, I think it's, it's, it works, but I don't like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's Chick-fil-A, you know? Uh, then we have five, the lukewarm. This is meh, you know, forgettable. It's not really bad or good, like, um, like Domino's Pizza, you know? Then we have four, the good bad. Con that's the, con the, you know, conversely of the bad good. This is, uh, lovable trash. It's bad, but it's good. You know, like, um, Hoodwinked. I like that movie, even though it's kind of shit. Um, Candy, it's good, but it's not good, you know? Uh, then we have the 3 out of 10, uh, the quite bad. This is stuff that can technically be stomached. Uh, there are good qualities here and there, but ultimately it's, it's irredeemable. Uh, things I'd put here, uh, The Legend of Korra. Did I mention that um, Avatar The Last Airbender is a 10 out of 10? I feel like that goes without mentioning. But Legend of Korra is down here. Um, you know, there are things about... I've, I've, I've watched you through it. I don't, like, hate it just because that's the cool thing to do. I've tried watching it at least twice, maybe thrice. Um, and, yeah, it's... No. No. Um, peas. I like peas. Sorry. I'll eat them if they're in, like, a mixed vegetables. But, um, just like, yeah, usually just like don't include those in my meal, please. Then we have two, which is the bad, bad, very bad category. Pretty much just, you know, a stinking pile of cat doo-doo, um, save for like one or two redeemable qualities. Likely could not get through a second time. Or, you know, you could probably force yourself to, or if it's been a really long time, you could, but like... You know, you're, you're going to feel that second time. Um, I'd put Star Wars Phantom Menace and uh, Attack of the Clones here. Also Twilight. I'm sorry. I've, that movie is bad. Or maybe the first one might even be a three. But the ones after that slowly get lower. I mean, the first one might even be a four. I'm not, not too sure. I'm not lovable trash for me. I don't love it, honestly. Maybe a three. Anyway, um... Then we have the 1 out of 10. This is uh, utter, utter garbage, utter horseshit. This is the literal vomit category. This thing should not exist. It's literally the worst. It fails in every aspect. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the um, children's movie Atlantis, The Lost Empire. That's ultimate perfection. That's 10 out of 10. It's sequel, 1 out of 10. Oh my god, I... Literally, I saw like a good like 10, 15 minutes of it and I had to turn it off. It was just, it was horrendous and I am so sorry that ever happened. I really want to know the story behind that one. I bring up these things because they're things I'm probably not ever going to talk about on this podcast because again, this is the um, specter of anti-blackness and a lot of this isn't black stuff. But if you're a person who likes this stuff, you kind of know where I stand on it now. Um, and if you've seen it and you also know the quality of it or seen it or eaten it or heard it or whatever, 
then you kind of have a better feel for my list. So uh, that leaves us with the question, where is the heart of the fall? And also, will I go back and rate other things? Uh, going by my list, I would give the heart of the fall an 8 out of 10. I would call it excellent, but it's not really something that I would consume too often. If I'd put it on a watch list, like, oh, I got to watch, like, you know, black movies of different mediums. Like, oh, black western, this is definitely going on that list. Um, but it's just like something I'd pop in if when I'm bored or, you know, no, no, probably not. Um, I did feel the length watching it through on the second time. Um, but still, I thought it was very good. Um, Atlanta, I rate at a 10 out of 10. What else have I done on this show? Uh, Underground Railroad. What I give the Underground Railroad? That's a great question. Uh, the, the watchability of the Underground Railroad is kind of a, a pain point for me. I don't know how often I would watch the Underground Railroad. But in terms of like quality and story and things like that, it's definitely at least it's definitely ten out of ten. Um, but maybe with the whole like watching thing, maybe it can only be a nine um, because clearly there's something about. I, I don't. I mean, I just no. I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten because there are things that like I wholeheartedly love that I just wouldn't be able to do every day. You know, you can't eat the same meal every day, even if it's your favorite. So I'll give Underground Railroad a 10 out of 10. Overwatch, I give a uh, current state, uh, maybe 4 out of 10. Maybe it's lovable trash right now. When it first started, um, 8 or 9. Um, maybe a 9. It definitely had flaws that couldn't be ignored, but I definitely played it all the time. And I'd say current state, yeah, it's probably lovable trash. And lovable is, is even, you know, I, I barely play anymore. Uh, what else have I talked about here? Hmm, let me think, let me think. Commercials obviously suck. Um, hate them, 1 out of 10. Uh, hmm. Oh, my, my Miles Morales, I talked about Miles Morales. Um, Miles Morales, I'd have to give a, um, 3 out of 10. Ultimately irredeemable. It's bad. It's not good bad because I did not enjoy it. It's not lovable trash. It is, um, I, I, technically I could, I, I could stomach it. I did stomach it. Uh, I 100%ed it, finally. Uh, and then I deleted it and I never want to see it again. I got through it just had a Prince Boy, I feel like. And, um, yeah. I, bad game. Uh, what have I talked about that I'm not remembering? Oh, right. Black Panther. Um, I feel like initially, like when I first saw it, Black Panther, I probably would have given a 5 out of 10. Maybe, no. I would have given it a 6 out of 10. That's the, um... The bad good, like fairly mostly good, but it doesn't hold up the scrutiny. These days, I would give it a 9 out of 10. Pretty damn good. Almost perfect, but there are still flaws. I think that's everything that I've reviewed here so far. Um, 
and uh yeah stay tuned check out the next episode whenever that if you're in the future it's probably already out wouldn't hurt to just pop over and see what i'm talking about think like i don't even know you're living in some future world where like that's already been decided and done i'm i'm stuck perpetually on um april 420 april 20th of 2022 and uh yeah let me out i'm stuck here inside this recording anyway thanks for listening oh my god i didn't do my oh no that's at the end sorry (laughs) uh so yeah this is the part where i do the thing um i i thought of a lot of things too and i um okay here's one i hope that um you whenever you're eating something that's like you know possible like you know good choking hazard like you know easy to kind of get stuck in there i hope you don't choke and if you do like it clears up really fast like you don't get one of those coughs that's like stay with you for the whole day because like it still feels like it's in your throat hope that doesn't happen i hope you just have a very clean good eating experience um and it tastes good obviously don't eat something that tastes bad unless you're into that in which case uh okay but uh, yeah, that's gonna be it for me. I'm I'm going to bed now. I I set this up perfectly. It is now usually the time I sleep. So thanks for listening. I'm 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 going to bed. You keep doing your day. Uh, until the next time. Thanks for listening, everybody.